Hey everybody, producer Kalichi here, just to say that this episode, um, we did have some technical difficulties with. Um, so yeah, I think we had some issues with the recording from Frank Drago, so for the most part that doesn't sound the best, but please bear with us, we'll figure it out for next week and make sure that it is back to our usual high levels of quality and standards, um, so you just have to listen up um, and probably turn it up as much as you can, but then when you hear our little like wavy bit that it it kind of changes from section one to section two just turn that down again um, because you don't want to have me coming really loud in your ears but yeah just turn it down a little bit and then turn it back up after uh, you hear josh's voice and you should be all good thank you so much for your patience and uh, enjoy the show the Perth Football Podcast is proudly brought to you by Macron Store Perth, an industry leader in quality teamwear specialising in grassroots, semi-pro and professional team attire. Visit the Macron Sports Hub Perth Facebook page for more. Thank you to Macron for helping us keep the pod running and for their continuous involvement in community sport. Over here in Western Australian football uh, with uh, our regular show after the games are done and today we're at a really interesting clash between Bayswater and Armadale. First v third going into the game, Bayswater walking away with a 2-1 win thanks to a late Gordon Smith goal and that'll set them three points clear at the top of the table. I'm here with Tommy Dolman. Tommy, what did you think about the action today at Frank Drago Reserve? It was an interesting game, as you said, Josh. Uh, I think we came here expecting something completely different. We expected a high-scoring game, both teams in really good form, um, a really entertaining contest. Uh, but instead, it was a pretty stodgy first half. It was a game in which both teams, I felt, didn't really want to take too much risk. And, and that it was kind of a little bit safe and a little bit... Um, one of those sorts of things that you sort of see from time to time when it is a game between two teams at the top of the league where they cancel each other out. But it did open up a little bit more in the second half. And whilst I feel Armadale shaded the chances overall in the game, Bayswater obviously went on to get the win. And that's the sort of thing that happens when you are full of confidence and you've won four games in a row. You eke out these wins and it, and it could be an important one given how tight the league is at the moment. That's crazy. What are we talking about for, for Bayswater? Is that now five wins in a row? Five wins in a row, six unbeaten. So that's some run given how they started the season. I, mean, I know Sean's... Sean's touched on this on the podcast before. You know, we were talking about how desperate they were in the first few games of the of the season, how, how poor they were. Even statistically, if you go back to some of the advanced statistics that we were getting through, they looked like they were playing poorly on the pitch and, and the stats showed that they were playing poorly as well. So what do you think's happened to turn that around over the last few weeks to, to culminate in them going three points clear at the top of the table today? Well, we've spoken ad hoc about... Um, Cam Edwards coming into the centre of the park. So I don't think we need to touch on that, that too much. Um, but I did speak to John Steins during the week for my preview before West, and um, he also mentioned a couple of other players who have perhaps gone under the radar. Um, Jackson Stevens has come into the centre of defence, and, and Steins has said that he's a player that's offered a little bit more composure from the back, and that's allowed them to maybe play out a little bit more instead of just sort of clearing it long, clearing it under panic, 
and then the ball obviously coming straight back and putting them on the back foot and not even getting to those talented forward players. Um, so, so you sort of look at Stevens, you look at Edwards, and it's a more concentrated progression up the pitch. We didn't really see that today, but I think that's a bit of a, a sample of what we've seen in recent weeks. And then probably the other factor is the young goalkeeper, Casey Robertson, former Perth Glory Academy player, who stepped up to the mark and looks really comfortable. We saw him um, against Balcada in round four, I think it was, Joshins. Um, he came in for Nick Specker, who picked up a red card against Perth Glory in that 3-3 draw, but he's looked so comfortable, and, and now he's got two clean sheets in five games and and made a couple of important saves today, one in particular from Chris Jackson in the second half, and um, yeah, he, he's also a big reason why Bayswater have progressed. So I think there's just a few things that have sort of knitted together nicely in a few weeks, and obviously when, when you're full of confidence, Josh, um, sometimes that's enough to get you over the lines in games like this where they're quite tight and tense. Yeah, and, and look, we've had a habit, I think, over the last few weeks of going to games that we think are going to be really exciting and, and real barn burners and getting down there and going like, Jesus, what's going on here? The first half, uh, I think you touched on it before, it was pretty dire. Not much happened. Uh, lots of long ball football. We know that was, you know, something that disappointed uh, Arbidale coach John O'Reilly uh, when, when we caught him briefly at the end of the game. Uh, and as you said, risk-free football, but... It did open up in the second half, so we saw Tim Berger uh, take the lead, or Armadale take the lead through a, a good Tim Berger strike after it looked like Casey Robinson had managed to get the ball clear. Uh, then we saw a, a penalty, which I, I didn't see. I was turned the other way when it got awarded, so you can tell me whether you thought it was a, a penalty or not, which Steins uh, put away into the bottom corner. And then that late coach killer, that... that that late winner for Bayswater when Armadale looked like they were all on top of them. They were playing three at the back. Somehow they wound up two on two against uh, Makeche and uh, not sure if it was Smith or Steins up there. And then eventually Makeche, good composure uh, when he could have blazed away and took a shot past uh, past Yusri Garsala. He's tied it back and Gordon Smith has tapped into an open net. Yeah, so... Um Worth mentioning, I suppose, Bayswater probably started the second half a little better. John Steins had a couple of efforts in particular, which deflected behind for a corner. And then, as you say, that Tim Berger finish into the bottom corner. Four goals in three games now. He's scored in each of his last three matches, and he looks like a very nice pickup here, the German import. That's what you want from an import, isn't it? That they actually come through and have an impact? Absolutely. They're difference makers. Um, if, you, if you nail them, in, especially in a, in a semi-professional league like this, that's half of your... That's half of the, the success. Um, Gustavo, Daryl, players like that. Absolutely. Um, the, the, the proof's in the pudding in that sense. Um, in terms of the equaliser, it was one of those ones where the ball was still on goal. Usury Garcelle was maybe a little bit sort of 50-50 as to whether to come out or not. He's come out, not quite got there, and, and Tim was able to nick the ball just in front of him. Um, it was one of those ones where the contact was, you could sort of see the contact coming from a mile out, and the penalty was probably the correct call, in my opinion, anyway. Um, and then obviously Steve Gregory's opinion as well, the referee. And then um, more that more importantly, and then in terms of the winning goal, like you say, it just looked as though I think Armadale had a set piece or oh, they were launching an attack and maybe they just um, pushed a little bit too far forward or pushed one man a little bit too far forward. It left them in a situation where it might have been, I can't remember if it was Nathan Costello or Matty Wharton, but one of them lost their footing or was maybe just bumped off the ball by Makeche and then, and then the result happened, which you nicely described, Josh. And... Um, like you say, it's it's those moments go for you when you are in form and, and you are playing well. And um, they've, they've got a run of fixtures now. Um, they're, they're on a really good run of form at the moment. And I think they've got Perth um, next up. I'd have to
have to double check on the fixtures, but um, yeah, the way they're going at the moment, I, I just find it. that Perth matchup if I was Bayswater, the way that Perth have looked the last few weeks. Did you did you catch the uh, the end result from the Perth Balcata game? So the full time score um, of that game was Perth one Balcata two. So Perth were up as well. So that that was a fixture between two teams who have been who who have been on a, a bit of a slide. Balcata obviously started the season well. They were second, I think, when we saw them against Bayswater, and they've just slipped down the league a little bit. And obviously, Perth were top of the league, and like defen- three weeks ago, and defensively, the goals have started going in, and, and obviously, they've lost another game today. So that's um, that's a disappointing result for them. A little bit of a steady for, for Balcata. You sort of got the sense that the winner of today's game was was going to maybe steady and give themselves a chance to have a bit of a second wind. But um, obviously, going further afield. Um, now it, it seems like a difficult challenge for, for either team. Uh, sorry, for, for Perth to sort of turn this around. Just to go back, sorry, Josh. Um, they actually played Perth in quite a distance this time. So oh got, no! So they've got. So I've got my um, I've got my fixtures modelled up. So Bayswater at home to Red Star next week, which should be a cracker. Oh Jesus, Bayswater Red Star. Now that is an absolute showstopper. I think. So long as we don't, as long as we don't come, yeah. As long as, as long as we don't decide to go, so we'll have to go somewhere else and hear about how good the game is from uh, Sean and uh, Sean and Collegian. They've then got Kingsway away and then Perth away, so they do play Perth soon, but yeah, not as soon as I thought. Interesting set of games. So much riding on that Bayswater Red Star game next week. Now, just to move away from Bayswater a little bit, we'll touch on Armadale. Just give me your quick thoughts. Are they? Does this result? You know, not not being able to hold on to the draw here. I know you said at one point during the game, you know, they'd be happy getting a draw away from home against Bayswater. Not being able to hold on to the draw, not being able to get the late winner themselves. In terms of quality, are they maybe a step below the top few teams or do you think they're still in they're in the mix for the title and, and certainly top four? I think they're certainly still in the mix for top four. Whether they've got the consistency to knit together a run of two, up and down, three, four wins in a row to, to win the title is, is another factor. We, we've seen in previous seasons that the teams that win the league are the teams that can sort of string a run of, I don't know, maybe one defeat in 12 or one defeat in 10, and can Armadale do that? That's the question. But in terms of today's performance, I thought they were fine. Um, like we said, it was a bit of a tense game. Um, they probably had the better of the chances um, in terms of the good opportunities within the game, and it was obviously um, just, the, just the moment that they sort of let slip. So, yeah, I'm sure John um, O'Reilly will be a little bit disappointed that they didn't get something out of the game because they probably deserved a point. I think the fair result probably was a draw today. But as we said before, Bayswater, these are the things that sort of go for you when you're playing well. And um, as we mentioned before, they're three points clear at the top of the league and that's a very nice place to be when the league's so tight and teams are taking points off each other. Interesting thoughts, as always. Tommy Dolman, Mr. Football of, uh, of the game here in WA. Now, uh, if, if you do want to catch a little bit more of Tommy, you can check out the Facebook page. He has an interview there with Jason Mirko, who was the surprise captain for the day for Bayswater in his first start in centre-back. So he's moved from uh, from midfield out to right-back and is now a centre-back as he uh, ages like a fine wine, as Jason Mirko. Uh, but Tommy, uh, obviously, this was the big one with Bayswater staying top of the ladder, but what happened around the other grounds? Because we had, uh, I think, all the all the teams kicking off at the same time today. So I suppose the the interesting result was um, second place Glory fell to a defeat to Olympic Kingsway. Um, Perth Glory ended the game with ten men. There was a naughty boy there, so we'll have to go and. Uh, we'll have to when go do and, they not, Tommy? <laughs> we'll have to go and have another look at that one as we've not been able to go back and watch it yet. But um, 
yeah, big win for Kingsway. Um, that's four wins in five now for David Toff's team. I think we spoke about them earlier in the season. We weren't too concerned with them because of the way they play football. It was maybe just a little bit of sharpness in both boxes. Um, but from the Glory's perspective, they'd won back-to-back games and they, they fall to a defeat on the road. And, um, yeah, they slipped down the standings a little bit. So, um, yeah, certainly interesting. Um, Red Star are obviously now the team that are in, in second place now after picking up a 2-1 win, I believe it was, at Inglewood United, Josh. Inglewood, uh, are they rooted to the bottom of the ladder now? Is Sorrento, uh, well, we'll touch on the Sorrento game later, but Sorrento have won. So does that mean Inglewood are bottom of the ladder? They are, yes. So they dropped down to eight points, bottom of the league, and a point behind Gloria Athena, who are in 11th. So it's a long way to fall for, uh, for a team that was in the ninth series final. Yeah, um, it's interesting. Uh, we spoke on the podcast, or, or you guys, sorry, spoke on the podcast about Michael Donko obviously being away from the team at the moment when you bring in a number nine in the off-season to lead the line and he's not available. I'm sure that takes a little bit of tweaking, but I'm sure given the, the quality in that team that they'll be a little bit disappointed to, to find themselves where they do in Goodwood United, albeit it should be said that in this crazy season that we have, Red Star in second place are on 13 points and Inglewood in 12th on 8th. So it can all turn around very quickly. A couple of wins in a row can really help. But Bayswater's win today has obviously given them that little march. And uh, I think the last result potentially... Oh, there was the, the Sterling Coburn game. What was the result there? A goalless draw. So goalless draw. Gee, Sterling... Sterling looked like they'd uh, found their feet up front last week with the 4-0 win against Perth, but they're still struggling in the attacking side of the pitch. They are, yeah, but defensively, we, we sort of knew, knew what Sterling were going to be like. Carried on, just carried on from last season, really. Well-organised, disciplined, um, no problems keeping the goals out. It's just maybe still getting that, that final third sort of gelling process. I know Alex Tanevsky came off with an injury last week. Um, he's not... He's been on the bench a few games this season that I've seen. Maybe, maybe not quite being able to get him back to his night series form that he showed as well. So um, it's probably a good point for Coburn City on the road in, in consequence. Um, but yeah, for Stirling, I'm sure they're still trying to find that formula. And uh, your Florian stock, what are you doing? Have you, have, you, have you hit the sell button? Well, I, I did have a look at the stock market in the second half and I saw they were 2-1 down and... Yeah, I think I've left it too late to sell, Josh. So I'm in a bit of a, I'm in a bit of a predicament. You, you've I, just got to hold now. You've gone too far. I can I can get out. I can just get out and, and write it off, write it off as a loss, and uh, reinvest elsewhere. Because um, because they're in a uh, potential relegation spot right now. Well, they're 11th at the moment, so yeah, they're technically in the relegation fame position. I'd be shocked if they end up down there late, later in the season, mind you. But yeah, I think that's four defeats in a row now for the defending champions, which is a little bit of a story in itself. But um, obviously, we probably don't need to go into that too much because I'm sure that I'm going to get grilled about it by Sean on, on Monday's flagship podcast. And, yeah, um, and, 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 and look, I'll stop you there, Tommy, because uh, we did have a man down at the ground. We had our, our raving reporter, uh, Felici Osunwa, uh, who's down there. I, I think he did mean to say roving reporter but he'd still be there now if it was a rave wasn't it you'll, you'll hear the night's all, only young you'll hear all about that in a second from Felici and uh he has a, a little taste uh from the game as well a bit of an interview with Joey Tweets from Sorrento who was in the goals so have a listen to that and we'll be back to wrap everything up in a few minutes 
Perth of the Podcast, Kalichi Osunwa, app here at Percy Doyle for the full-time whistle, the raving reporter, uh, which feels pretty good to do, not going to lie, gentlemen. Um, just witnessed a 3-1 Sorrento win against Florian Athena. Uh, bit of a strange game. Florian's side of the game on the front foot for the first 15 minutes. They controlled play, dominated position, and had Noah Shimaki in position to score three times. Um, one time got blocked, one time pulled off a terrific save by Paddy Hughes, and the other time he kind of spurned it out wide, high wide and not at all handsome at all. But then they managed to take the lead. They had a, the spell of possession for about, I want to say 10, 15, maybe 20 passes, um, where he kept it from the left-hand side, brought it all the way to the right-hand side to Saldaris. He played it into Palmer in the middle. Palmer switches it across play to Krista Delakis, who crosses it in for Saldaris. Saldaris has a shot blocked, um, but Ambrosio, Nick Ambrosio, was there to tap it home, and it was Flory at 1-0 and well-deserved. But Sorrento just stuck to it. They kept fighting. They kept battling. Um, they got an equalizer in the 20th minute. Um, and it was really like against the run of play, but it was a long ball played through. They won the first phase, won the second phase, played it into Zechariah Debs, who's growing in confidence. He takes two touches and he takes a shot that just, I think, I think it just deceives um, Jason Saldaris there in goal and, and kind of loops in. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's hitting this really funny trajectory. It goes in and it's 1-1. And to be honest, that, that becomes it. That's, that's, that's the last time at 1-1 we, we don't see Floriot really create any chances or force Patty Hughes into any other um, big-time saves, um, aside from another one from, from Noah Shimaki to end the, to end the first half. But um, Sorrento in the first half, just a little bit better there. Their speed and transition with Scott Wishka um, and Zach Debs in there as well. And they also had some a, a bit of balance in the midfield with Joe Tweets, um, with Dean Cummins and with Mal Linder playing in a little bit of a withdrawn role. And yeah, they, they had a little bit of joy in the midfield and managed to get a second goal with a, a, a Tweets. I think it was a volley or a half volley. Um, but again, it was a long ball played in. Sorrento win the first phase, win the second phase, and um, and Tweets gets the shot off. Second half was much of the same where Sorrento just basically made sure nothing really happened. Floriat had really good spells of the ball where they would control it and, and spray passes out, but couldn't really get that cutting edge or create a shot or put that final ball. It just kind of were just kind of lacking in the 18-yard area. Um, standout performer for them, though, was Krista Delikas. He is a fullback that I'm really getting impressed with watching. Um, a two-way player, to take an analogy from basketball, going up and down the pitch defensively and offensively as well. He's, he's terrific. He's a joy to watch. Um, but, yeah, they couldn't create a whole lot in that second half, and it stayed... One, it stayed 2-1 to Floriat, and as they pushed up and pushed up and pushed up trying to get that equaliser, um, they got hit on the counter and hit on the counter and hit on the counter, and um, it, it looked like Debs was going to get one. He forced a great save from Saldaris led on, and then he managed to get down the right wing, overlapped, yeah, went down the right wing and, and squared off to Tweets. Tweets took one touch with his right foot, took one other touch with his left foot, and buried it in past Saldaris to give them a 3-1 win. It was their first home win of the season. Obviously, they had one game away from home at Floriot. 
Um, but yeah, they you could you could see the relief on the players' faces in terms of saying, look, this is something that they felt that they have deserved because they don't think that they've been that bad all year. And at the same time, I feel the same way for Florian. I don't think that they're a team who, from their performances, are, are, are you know not not a good team in losing four in a row. But the league is crazy tight this year. I don't necessarily think it is full on time to panic for them because a win next week and they're up to fifth. Um, the way that the table looks, it's absolutely bananas. So it'll be interesting to see what they what they do this week, but they just need a bit of confidence. And that's the crazy part. And you can see what confidence does because Zechariah Debs, he scored that goal and he was playing as if he was Eden Hazard in that second half. So yeah, that is it from me. Uh, in terms of the footy scran, it did try the uh, the burger with the lot. It was scrumptious. Not quite the Baysy burger, but I'll give it an 8.5 out of 10. Um, and check out my interview with Joey Tweets. Perth Podcast, Calicio Sunwa out here at Percy Door Reserve. We've just finished a cracking game for the girls who come back, who come from behind and get a 3-1 win against Florida Athena. Um, I'm joined with me by uh, the, the matter of the match, player of the game, Joe Tweets. Joe, first home win of the season, obviously four games played at home or, or, or obviously away from home with the situation that you've had. How important was it to get that win today? We needed that win big time. We was bottom of the table, not deservingly. We played good and we were just waiting for it to click and today it's clicked. So it was important for the boys. Team morale needed it as well. Yeah, you did it the hard way, mate. You came back from 1-0 from down. Obviously, it wasn't the start that you wanted. So what's that show about the kind of fight that you guys have? Because as you said, you, you don't think you deserve to be at the bottom of the table. Oh, we've been hurting after these games, like the 7-1 win, obviously, that still hurts. Losing last week when we had the ball all game, that hurts. So we just, we needed it. We didn't want it, we needed it. So we had to win, man. We just had to. Well, guys, you, you played a pretty good part in getting that win, and so did young Zechariah Debs. He scored, that, he scored the first goal, looked like an absolute screamer, and then his confidence levels just shot up. So what's it like having these young guys? We've got a little bit of pace to burn out there for you as well. Oh, it's good. It's good having Zach. He's so fast, so good, so confident, and especially with having Gus. To have these young players coming up and learning off him, it's, it's the best, man. They just play so much better. And look for yourself. You got yourself two goals today. I love your work ethic and your work rate. You're one of the smallest guys on the pitch, but the biggest heart as well. But to be getting amongst the goals, how's that feel? So good, man. I don't score that much in the seasons, but three this year, and I'm oh, buzzing. It's the best feeling ever. Right? A lefty and a righty as well. Yeah, yeah just both footed, whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Well, look, mate, I'll leave you to get back in there. Use it. There's a beverage that you left out there, so go get back to the beverage and get yourself clean, mate. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, mate. And before we dive back into part two, we just want to send a quick thank you out to Balance and Revive Massage Therapy, our latest sponsors here at the Perth Football Podcast. And if you want to get 10% off remedial and sports massages, just go and say hi uh, from the Perth Football Podcast. Use the code PFP23. Uh, that's PFP23. You get 10% off all remedial and sports massages at Balance and Revive. You can find them in Carambine at 1 Hobson's Gate. The Full Time Whistle podcast wouldn't be the same without Sean Fry. And while he was sick, he still managed to watch some of the games. And he had this to say. And you better believe he did make a mention about Floriot. Well, 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 boys and girls, what another day of interesting results in the Western Australian NPL. Uh, as my attention is uh, currently slightly occupied by uh, 
Tommy Dolman's Leeds United, uh, who have just opened the scoring against Newcastle, you absolute ripper. Um, but yes, back to the National Premier League of Western Australia instead of the English Premier League. Uh, absolutely, yeah, incredible day. And I think even Tommy will have to admit that it is now panic stations at Floriot. Four losses on the bounce and it's really, it all started they will. They would. They started the season well. They were two two goals up against Red Star in stoppage time. They get the Bailey Brown Montgomery red card. They get three red cards the next week in a loss, and then uh, uh, rather than sort of bouncing back from that setback, they've yeah compounded uh, issues and yeah suspensions, injuries, really costing them by the looks of things. Uh, what other results did we uh, have today? Let me just uh, look across them. Uh, Perth Red Star, I picked a, a couple of weeks ago thinking they were the team probably to beat now for the title, but Bayswater, five on the spin after losing, well, not losing, but going winless in their first three. Just, uh, and the Mighty Cockrells holding Sterling at Sterling's. That's not an easy task, and they just show again that they are a challenge for any team in this league on their day. They're not easy to beat. Well, some weeks they are. But uh, against the big sides, they tend to pull it out. Um, Sorrento, obviously, sort of touched on, but the, yeah, their big win over Floriot, condemning Athena to a to a pretty tough run. Armadale looked uh, went ahead, and I think Kalichi was saying one of three teams to have that one goal lead and uh, and lose. So yeah, maybe it is the most dangerous lead in football after all. Kingsway getting things rolling. We thought we'd figured out the Glory Boys and that there were goals galore to be had, but it wasn't really the case today. Uh, and Perth Soccer Club's bad run continues. So I just, uh, I mean, I've been home with COVID, uh, unable to get out to any of the games, unfortunately, today, and and also unable to catch Tommy's call of the uh, Armadale-Bayswater game due to technical difficulties, which are all too frequent, unfortunately. Um, so I didn't actually catch any of the, the action, just a few goals on um, on the Twitter feed, but it's just shaping up to be such an exciting title race. You really cannot pick a title winner at the moment. It could be four, five, six teams that, yeah, even Florian, if they can manage to turn things around, it's looking more and more unlikely for them. But yeah, great day of results. Can't wait to get back. Hopefully, if the COVID test is negative on Monday, be in the booth and see you all then. Uh, but uh, that's enough of me in your ear holes. Go and enjoy this uh, Leeds win over Newcastle. Come on, Leeds. Joey tweets, what a character. Now, Tommy, obviously women's action going on as well. You caught uh, a little bit of the Murdoch-Subiaco game on Friday night. Murdoch with a 2-1 win. They're doing well, that young side. And one young player is doing fantastically was... The player who scored the winner, Clara Horau, what a goal that was. What a player. She, she's magnificent. She's a player that um, really catches the eye. Um, she did last season, having seen her a little bit. And uh, last night, she got the winner in a 2-1 win for Mum FC over Subiaco. A fantastic shot. Um, rifled into the top corner from just outside the box. Um, not the first time she's done that this season either. But what it has done is, is it's given Mum FC three points, which has put them into the top four. Um, ahead of the other three teams playing this weekend. So, yeah, David Biancuso, um, a very young team they've got up there. I think a lot of people wrote them off coming into the season, but 
they've won three games in a row now, four in total, and um, yeah, they might be a bit of a smoky for the top four. They play good football as well. That they they go about it the right way. So um, they've always got that option to be able to pose teams' problems going forward, and that's something that's going to be dangerous for a lot of the other teams. It's whether they can keep them out at the other end for a consistent period of time against the better teams is going to be vital to their season and hopes for making the, the playoffs. Yeah, and look, I think if we thought that uh, everything was going to be uh, simple and easy to predict in the NPL women's competition after the tough time we've had in the NPL men's competition, it actually hasn't gone that way. I think that's just about all the time that we have, Tommy. We've got to get off, and I think you've got to go do comms on another women's game, which will probably be done by the time people listen to this. Yeah, Perth versus Valcada, so no need to go into too much detail about that, obviously. Two games in the women's competition tomorrow, we've got Perth Red Star versus Fremantle City, and we've also got Hyundai NTC versus Curtin, so if we're at a loose end tomorrow afternoon, go and see um, some local women's football, and obviously, happy Mother's Day to all the mums out there as well. Happy Mother's Day, indeed. I know you're going to have uh, a busy schedule for that one, Tommy, because you're you're a you're a good son. So uh, I'll, I'll let you get on to that, and we'll let the listeners get on with their Mother's Day as well. Thank you very much, and we will see you during the week. Bye bye. Ciao.